0: So we are starting uh, Reading Through the Bible as a church tomorrow. Short 91-week program, under two years. <laughs> but uh, it's cool because you can jump in anytime, but I recommend that you start with us tomorrow. Um, we're going to start Mission 119, which is, I, I showed a video last week, but if you go to mission119.org, you sign up, it gives you the daily readings. You can download an app on your iPhone or Android device, a very nice app that will... Uh, give you the daily readings. It can read to you in the car, uh, really just a few minutes a day. I told the youth group that about one round of uh, online multiplayer game, it'll take about that much time. Does anyone know how long that is? 12 or 13 minutes maybe? (laughs) Don't we all play online multiplayer games? (laughs) So that was, yeah, I know my audience here. Who, Who said yes? Is that you? Yeah, there we go. So we're starting that tomorrow, Mission 119. And we're going to be uh, launching our small groups the following week. So tomorrow, Monday, we'll start Mission 119. And then the following week, our small groups are launching where we can discuss the Bible together, have community, uh, do, do some of the things that, uh, that God calls the body to do together. But the, the sign-ups are on that table over there, so you can sign up uh, with one of those groups. I think there's a group for just about every day of the week. It just should be a very beneficial time for us to be in the Scripture. So uh, Mission 119 is based on Psalm 119, which is a psalm about the benefits of being in the Word. So that's why they named it after, why Mission 119 was named after that psalm, because Mission 119 is about getting through the Word, through the whole Bible. Uh, Psalm 119 is 176 verses long. It is a very, very long uh, chapter in the Bible. And it's a really cool chapter of the Bible, because it's an acrostic, and they, they take the Hebrew alphabet, and they do, a, for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, they have a, a section. And it's really just a neat thing, artistically, and beautifully framed and poetic. But it got me thinking about the Psalms in general. And a lot of people just don't know what to do with the Psalms. I feel like people either love them or hate them, you know? And, uh, and the Psalms are an interesting piece of literature, uh, because some of the things written in the Psalms that people say, uh, Lord, why have you forsaken me? You know, why, you know, where are you? I cry out to you day and night. And, and, and you'll have these kind of things that people are saying in the midst of their existence in a sin filled world, in a broken world, that, where they're just crying out and there doesn't seem to be an answer from God. They go unresolved. Psalm 88 was a a passage that God gave me a few weeks ago, and uh, the way I heard about Psalm 88, the way that God kind of delivered that to me was I was listening to someone's testimony who had been through some very, very difficult things. The the gentleman had been uh, essentially molested, and he had then got married and and lost his, his wife, and he was a widower at 28. He did her funeral, and he, he was a pastor, and he, he had just had all these repeated, very painful experiences in his life. And he, and he had faith uh, that God was with him, even in the midst of this very dark uh, existence that he had, he had walked through. And he loved Psalm 88 because it was a psalm that didn't have any resolution to it. It's a psalm that said, you know, Lord, I'm crying out to you, where are you? I'm dying here. Everyone has forsaken me, I'm by myself. And this, this man, this, this pastor, found a resonance with that. Uh, and he found comfort from God that the God of the universe would put something, would, would allow something like that to be written in the Bible, you know, for us. And, um, you know, it was kind of, you know, an amazing uh, testimony and something that was very inspiring to me, but got me thinking about the Psalms in general. And, and the, thing that's so intri- the, the thought that's so intriguing to me about the Psalms is that God ordained that these be in this book for us. Even though some of them, if you were to create a theology from any individual Psalm, it might be a little wacky because it's humans' perspective on life and on God. And sometimes it's not correct or not correct yet. But it's how they're feeling the psalms are a book of songs. So that resonates with me as a, as a musician, as someone who loves music. Uh, I can think of a few songwriters that I listen to regularly. And who, who here are music and lyric people? Music and lyrics, okay. So I, I got, I'm preaching to just a few of you. <laughs> but uh, there, there are songs where I will listen to them over the course of a decade. I'll listen to them maybe 30 times. And each time... I'll experience something different. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, something in the meaning and the lyrics and the music is unlocked and I have a deeper understanding of what that artist was singing about. And that's good music. That's good songwriting. But the thing is, the song hasn't changed over that decade. I've changed. I've somehow had a closer approximation of the experience of the artist who wrote the song. And as they have described life, at a moment in time, I find uh, some kind of fellowship with that, and uh, sometimes I feel like it's not that I'm getting more out of a song, but the song is getting more out of me, and that's a deep thought for for me anyway. (laughs) And there's nothing like good lyric writing and good music to sneak its way into that place in your heart and get past your defenses and, uh, and make you feel angry, make you feel sad, make you feel grief. Bring forward memories long forgotten. Uh, some of you are not as much music people. Perhaps there's a special song that you associate with a person that you've lost. And every time you hear that song, you think about that person and the emotions come rushing back. And the song is just reading you, bringing forward your grief, bringing forward your your anger, um, bringing forward a more reflective side of you, bringing forward a more black-and-white this-is-the-way-it-is side of you. Music is powerful. My favorite quote about music that I've heard, at its best, music provides language and a soundtrack for your emotional life. If an artist does his or her job well, they describe the world as they see it in a particular moment. So um, at one point in your life, you'll hear a song and say, this, this song is much too simple, dogmatic, black and white. Uh, and then 10 years later, you'll say to yourself, actually, I agree with that song. I agree. I, I'm, I'm much more dogmatic and black and white now. And uh, likewise, you'll hear a song that's more gray, a little more um, loosey-goosey or out there. And you're like, I don't know if I dig that. And then 10 years later, you're like, you know, it really is as ambiguous as it sounds in that song. You've changed. There's a song that uh, I listened to in the 90s. (laughs) Um, Not an Elton John song, not a Nirvana song, but it's a song uh, by a band called Eels. It's a B side to a UK single, so you know I'm a music person. It's a song that I heard without any kind of resonance at first. But it came to mean something very significant to me after I experienced what the author is writing about, and uh, the the artist's uh, sister died tragically. You know, she was on drugs and she ended up committing suicide. And uh, when my good friend from high school, you know, he committed suicide, and I was at that funeral in the funeral home, you know, with him. Uh, back when I was, I guess I would have been like 20, 22. And uh, this song came back to my remembrance. I'm not trying to depress you, I'm just trying to make a point. (laughs) Listen to the way this artist frames the experience of loss and being that person. Sitting in the funeral parlor on the night before the day, I think I might have left the stove on. I think I might have left the door unlocked. I don't know if the stores will all be closed when I get out. I don't know if the chores will all be done when I get home. Sitting in the funeral parlor, listen to the organ play. What if I forgot the trash cans? What if I forgot to telephone? I don't know if I wrote the number down in my book. I don't know if I can stand to stay here one more second. For those of you who have lost people that are dear to you, even tragically, you can resonate with that. You want to distract yourself with anything but what's happening. You want to escape from that moment Beautifully captured in that song. So at its best, music provides us language and soundtrack for your emotional life, right or wrong, good or bad. Uh, it resonates with us. It's not just true of, of music. It's true sometimes of politics, of sermons, of the types of books you've, you've read. There are books that you read 10 years ago, even Christian books that you, you'd read it now and say, this is silly. <laughs> this does not find resonance with me. Um, some people, you know, become anti-capitalist in high school and all of a sudden they, like, are big Sean Hannity fans now. They would have hated themselves. No one's laughing. You know, high, your college self would hate your adult self. <laughs> you know, it's, people, people kind of change and move and different kinds of media, books, and, and authors and pastors find resonance with you or not, uh, depending on where you've been. And this, ladies and gentlemen, if you're wondering where I'm going with this, This is why I love the psalms that God has provided for us. Because God put the psalms in the Bible for you to give you an emotional and intellectual, your thought life, soundtrack for your life to provide resonance and comfort for your soul in a broken, sin-stained world. These psalms are worth reading. The psalmists describe uh, what they see of God and also when they think God is not there and they feel forsaken by God. They're brutally honest in their beliefs and their hopes, doubts, fears, grief, and pain. And that's just the negative side because we can certainly resonate with the joys as well. But the power of the psalms is that in them, we have to remember no matter how Forsaken, or, or how, how raw the emotion is that's shared, you have to remember this one simple thing. God ordained that that be in the book. And the question is why? And it's because God has commanded us to mourn with those who mourn. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to offer false comfort or whatever. We're supposed to mourn with those who are mourning, grieve with those who are grieving. And in the Psalms, I believe God placed them there to grieve with us, to mourn with us, to say, it's okay. You weren't created to live in this broken, pain-filled, death-filled world. You were created to live forever. You weren't created to have to deal with any death, let alone death that seems far too soon. But this is the experience that we have in this world. Joy and sorrow seeming to hold hands in our lives. Death and life. Babies in and, and funerals, right? And by the way, if you have a baby, bring it to a funeral and pass it around because that's the very best thing that you can do. Because babies are the best ministers at funerals. That's, that's, that's a picture of the gift God's given us in the Psalms. In the midst of this sin-filled world where things are not as they're supposed to be, God offers these words of comfort through people who are in the same place as us. So the Psalms are people uh, grappling with the reality of who God is, and who we are, and who we are in God. And at one point you might read a certain Psalm and say, I don't relate to this, which is why a lot of people throw the Psalms away altogether. But the truth is that if you read the Psalms on a regular basis, and I'm making a case for this, a Psalm a day, just read through them with us on Mission 119, We'll read through all of them. At some point in your life, that comfort will be there in your soul. It will be one of the layers that God uses to, to touch your heart. Uh, it will be, it'll be part of the unique story that he's telling of your life uh, because these things are meant to comfort us. So if you read a psalm today, Psalm 88, and I'm, not re- I'm purposefully not reading it because it's long right now. I might read it later. But you might read this psalm. I'm going to read a part of it. <laughs> the volatile pastor, who didn't make up his mind before he preached about what he'd say. I'm overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. Uh, for, for that, he says, "May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry." I'm overwhelmed with troubles. My life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like the one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead like the slain who lie in the grave. And we'll just go to the end. Uh, From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. The end. That's the psalm. And God wanted that in there. Now, has God's wrath swept over the person? Has has God's terrors destroyed him? Um, Has God engulfed them, Taken from his friends and neighbors? Maybe, maybe not. But this is how he's feeling. And and, uh, maybe some people would read that in one place in life from a proud perspective and say, you know, that person should have more faith. Psalm 88 guy, not enough faith. Uh, I would never say something to God like that. I would never pray like that. God is good all the time. What's wrong with people? Why would God allow that to be in His special book? What was He thinking? And here we are now judging God's selection. Um, But a couple years later, after a series of disappointments and deflated expectations and difficulties in this broken world, you might find yourself resonating with that. And guess what? That's okay. In fact, God welcomes that, God welcomes our honesty. God doesn't want us to just pray to him when things are great with polished words. He wants us to tell him what our experience is. And this is an example for us that God's given to us, something we can resonate with, something we can speak back to God. We can read this psalm, Psalm 88, and just like this gentleman whose story I heard, and again, it's no one you know or anyone you could possibly know, so I'm not being unconfidential here. It was on a podcast, for crying out loud, so it's not confidential information. I don't deal like that with, with private things, but this man, uh, after being through all these things, um, you know being abused on, on, a, on a regular basis as a child, um, getting married, trying to be a missionary, then losing his wife doing her funeral, and then um, losing a baby with the woman he married after that. And then finally he came to a place where he adopted another child with his, with his wife. And in all of that, what got him through was the resonance he found with Psalm 88. And where are you, God? I can't see what's going on. And that was something that was just fine with God. In searching out uh, what God is saying to us, in searching out where God is, is something that is a gift that God's given for us. So the Psalms, you know, read them often. Read Psalms every day, even if you don't click with it. Let it become the gift that God intends it to be—a soundtrack for your emotional and thought life, to provide you with comfort from God and resonance with other people, other people for your soul in a broken world. And you know the, the i Psalm Shuffle, the I Psalm Shuffle. It's not all doom and gloom, people. Uh, Psalm one seventeen. This is one that you know, a worship leader would love to share to, to get people. You know, I would share this if I was leading worship. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So this is an emotional soundtrack. Rejoice. We find resonance with that sometimes in our life, and we can, we can take that and we can run with it. Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look at me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fail, fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. So this is, a, this is the soundtrack for someone who's going through a tough time but still f- believes that God is underneath it all. Then Psalm 88, I read earlier. Obviously, it's one that hasn't resolved. He cries out to God, but he ultimately feels hopeless that he's been forgotten and been forsaken. Has he been? No, but that's how he feels. And that is a gift to us. God, is, God can handle even the most broken parts of our life. Because he handled our sin on the cross, he can handle anything. God can take it. God can hear uh, your honest cries to him. So Psalm 119, and I'll end with this. Just one more example of a psalm in the Bible. Now this is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, aleph, and then bet. So that's where we get the word alphabet from. So this is a a psalm about the benefits of being in the Word. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame. When I consider all your commands, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts, consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Be good to your servant while I live that I may obey your word. Open my eyes, I may see wonderful things in your law. I'm a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. Everyone feels that way here, right? At all times, you rebuke the arrogant who are accursed; those who stray from your commands. Remove me, remove from me their scorn and contempt. For I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me. Your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight; they are my counselors. So this is an altogether different type of psalm than we've looked at in the I Psalm Shuffle uh, that I pulled up earlier. This is a, this is a psalm about the benefits of being in the Word. Tell me what your laws are so I can follow them. Reveal your desires for me so I, can, so I can do it. Tell me the rules so I can obey them. And here's what I mean about things meaning different things to you at different times. To one person, perhaps particularly uh, us in, this, in the Western culture in which we live, talk of rules, talk of commands and things sounds like bondage to us. I don't want to be a slave to rules. I don't want to be under a law, even God's law. You know, that's that's not for me. That's taking away my freedom, taking away my my joy and excitement in life. I can't just do anything I want. It seems very dogmatic, very black and white. So that's one perspective. But from a different perspective, at a different time, a different point in your life, this same passage can look just like freedom and joy. Psalm 119 might seem very black and white, but depending on where you're at, um, you're going to look at it differently. My wife gave me permission to share a tiny bit of her story. And uh, in college, she walked away from the Lord for a time. <gasps> and I'd like to... T- <laughs> Unlike everyone else here, who's never done it, you know. In um, hearing something like Psalm 119 to a college student, or whatever time in her life that was, it seems very constricting. So she, she did walk away from the Lord. And uh, after a couple of years, you know, some, some sin, some heartache, you know, some bondage of sorts, she finally came back to following God. And at the time when she, well, really, it it's, it's, uh, was just God's providence in her life bringing her to a place where she could turn to the Lord. And at that time, she was in Texas, and she got to be part of a women's group in a church where everything was very black and white in terms of how you live. We do these things, we don't do these things. And for her, it was like an awesome season of freedom, because these foundational things were decided, and it's like, we don't do these things, we don't do these things, we don't do these things. And it, it took away all of that guesswork and allowed her to grow and flourish as a Christian uh, to, to be basically under, this, under these, uh, these rules that this group at this church had. It, was, it For her, it was a healthy thing. And I want you to know that that's the way that Psalm 19, 119 is meant to be. When, when Hebrew people looked at that psalm, what they're saying is, There's such a freedom in just having things that are decided in your life about what is right and wrong, and then you can do whatever you want within those parameters. You can be truly free. And that was certainly something that that Jackie experienced. Now, you know, after moving to Saratoga and meeting me and being corrupted and all that, and this is over 10 years ago, you know, obviously she's forsaken all those rules of that church, and I've pulled her back. Now, um, you know, obviously she's not she, she doesn't take those things as gospel or the Bible, but at the time it was helpful, and then she sort of, God's led her uh, away from that into a new way of life. Uh, but but um, for, for people that read Psalm 119 originally, having foundational things decided, like this is what God says on this matter, so this is what I believe, is actually a very freeing thing. Because now I can just walk within these parameters. But us as, especially Western Christians, and also uh, us as Descendants of Adam and Eve, who obviously were not Western Christians, um, God said, there's one tree I don't want you to eat from. But It was like point, you know, zero 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 one percent of the trees in the garden. All the other trees were good for food, pleasing to the eye. They could have anything they wanted. There was total freedom, without shame, to enjoy everything God gave. But he gave one parameter, don't eat from this tree. They ate from it. And we know the rest of the story. Bondage, sin, and death. And so really, the beauty of Psalm 119 is that it's saying, Lord, your law is beautiful. I decide on these foundational things, and I delight myself in all that you permit, forsaking those things that bring sin and death into my life and bondage and decay. And depending on where you're at, it's going to look a lot different. So as we're closing today, I want, to spend, I want to spend a little time in prayer as we embark on this um, adventure of reading the Bible together and starting our small groups next week. Um, and I want to, to invite you to embrace the Psalms as a, as, a, as a comfort from God, as a place to find resonance, to find God's heart in the midst of great trouble. Um, to get into them and to consume them and to just have them in your arsenal. Because one day they might look one way, but in a few years they might look quite different. And God, has, God knows this, and he's given us this soundtrack for our thought and our emotion uh, that we might walk with him, even through this world that's just so broken by the fall. Father God, I pray for everyone here uh, who resonates with this idea of loss, who maybe has been through some of the things I've been through, losing people, and sitting and, and contemplating the pain and, uh, and, and that, that sin has brought into this world and the death that's, that sin has brought into this world. I pray that you bring comfort. I pray that you bring comfort even through the Psalms as we read them together. I pray also, Lord, for those who are going to be engaging in reading through the Bible with us over the next 91 weeks, Lord, that we would be instructed in your ways and understand your heart, knowing that your law brings freedom and that it wasn't ever meant to be a restriction, but meant to be a protection so that we can truly enjoy life and live life to the full through Jesus. I pray that you give each of us um, a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit, a peace in our hearts, and a joy as we walk with you, knowing that despite all things, looking bleak at times, that we are saved by grace, that nothing can separate us from your love, that you have not forsaken us, that you have not hidden your face from us, but you are closer than our next breath present even with us now in this room where two or more are gathered in your name, not far away in heaven, right here, right next to us, with the power to touch us, speak to us, (laughs) save us, heal us, comfort us, but most importantly, fellowship with us and become a friend to us. We thank you for all that Jesus has provided through the cross and the benefits we enjoy from that. We lift our thankful hearts to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you are dispersed. Go and be the church.